Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa! The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. Welcome back, everybody, to a new week on the Powder Blue Review. As always, I am your host, Michael Peterson. If you guys haven't yet, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks. That's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. You have the Twitter podcast handle as well, at PB Review Podcast. And if you guys haven't done so already as well, go on over to BoltsFromTheBlue.com. That is Los Angeles Chargers blog over at SB Nation, where I am the deputy manager, Always got good stuff going on over there. So, guys, this is tough. Uh, I'm just going to shoot it straight here. It's um, it's the you know first year doing the podcast, and uh, especially coming off the year that the Chargers had last year, going 12 and four, making the playoffs, winning a playoff game. It's a little bit different this year. It is a little bit different to find the same motivation, to find the same vigor and intensity that I would like to continue covering this team with and um, it's actually the first year I'm getting paid in any sort of facet to cover the Chargers and it is just a bit different obviously the Chargers became the first team in 2019 to already lose more games than they lost the year prior obviously they lost four games they are now sitting at two and five so uh, like you and everyone else who is a current fan of the Chargers we're going to have to keep pushing. We're going to have to kind of put our head down and uh, in our own way, grind it out, try to enjoy the season as much as possible. And, um, you know, if this is unfortunately going to be one of the years where, you know, hopefully it's not a four and 12, five and 11 type season, but if it's going to be going into that direction, then what are the positives? Well, the positives are we can start focusing on the draft and uh, planning on what we think the team is going to do there. We can just try to, you know, throw caution to the wind and just enjoy the season as it is. And whatever happens, happens and try not to let it affect us so much. But um, yeah, man, it's great to be able to cover this team and get paid to do it, especially as a as an actual genuine fan of the Chargers. But uh, it hurts. It does for sure. And it's affecting me quite a bit. But uh, that's kind of why we do this and we get the talking and hopefully, you know, me sharing my feelings about what's going on with the team kind of helps you guys reconcile how you all are, are feeling about what happened, um, on Sunday and weeks prior and what potentially could happen the rest of the year. But I don't want to dwell nearly as much, um, as we possibly could. So guys, it's another great episode. Um, thank you again for tuning in, you know, week in, week out. I really do appreciate all the love and support. Um, you guys are absolutely fantastic. No matter what this record is, you guys stay the same. Um, just, I couldn't ask for more. So I I really, really appreciate it. Guys, we've got a show today. Obviously this is the first show of the week of the two that I do, um, each and every week. And today's Pretty much rundown is, of course, we're going to go over the game, talk about kind of how we felt, pros, cons, silver linings, anything like that. We're going to go into some injury news, and unfortunately, yes, we another week has passed, and we have someone who is injured, and we have to talk about it, and it's not good. So uh, we'll save that for a little bit later. Um, We're going to talk about Rivers' historic milestone that he accomplished 
playing the Titans, and we're also going to talk about this week's surge or static. And uh, believe it or not, it was another bad game, another loss, but there was still some good and some genuine good, like stuff that kind of does make you feel better just reading and thinking about and, and kind of being able to focus on those positives going forward will help um, get over this obvious tough loss. So without further ado, everyone, let's get into the show. On Sunday afternoon, the Chargers fell as frustratingly as ever to the Tennessee Titans in Nashville 23-20. And what a game this was. It was an absolute roller coaster, especially in the last five minutes of the game, which again seems to be one of the recurring themes for not just this season, but uh, the Chargers in general over the last couple years. So um, where to start with this one? So it wasn't even like there was a bunch of mistakes made by a bunch of people and it was like this cumulative effort. To be totally honest, obviously, uh, it came down to the fumbles. It came down to Melvin Gordon not being able to hold on to the ball, had uh, you know a couple tries towards the end of the game, and he was called in once and then was called uh, not in and then tried it again and lost the fumble. And then even before... Those mishaps, there was Austin Eckler catching a angle route from Phillip Rivers and taking it about 15 yards and seemingly getting into the end zone. They called it a touchdown on the field, but after instant replay, saw that when Eckler's butt hit the ground, his back was bent enough that it looked as if um, it was keeping the ball from going over the um, goal line. So they obviously called that one back. Um, Man, it's tough. Guys, this is tough, and uh, there's obviously someone to point the finger at in this one, and obviously that person would be Melvin Gordon. You would point to the fact that the team is 0-3 since Gordon returned from his holdout, and uh, the team just hasn't looked the same. And I know the team was 1-2 when Gordon came back, but you know they lost some close games, but the offense was still kind of churning. I mean, minus the Detroit game, they still found a way to score some points, Um it didn't even really matter about the run game. I mean, the passing game still looked good. Rivers is, you know, for the time being, has been a top five quarterback in passing yards. I mean, they're slinging it. Austin Eckler was finding a bunch of success. Um, there was just weird little stuff happening. And it was like everybody was taking a turn each week doing the thing that kind of cost the team the victory. Um, but looking at the Chargers stats in this one, Rivers played a fairly clean game, although I thought he missed some pretty open throws to start the game. The Chargers weren't able to start as fast because of it. He finished fairly decently, um, 24 of 38 passing for 329 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And that's finally good to see. I can't remember the last uh, game this season where he didn't throw an interception. So it's good to see Rivers be clean in that area. Austin Eckler, man, almost single-handedly won this game for the Chargers. He only had five carries for seven yards rushing. I mean... That's kind of to be expected. This team cannot run the ball whatsoever. But he finished with a team-high seven catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets, and honestly should have had two touchdowns, uh, including the game winner. But that just wasn't meant to be. And what's absolutely frustrating is that when the Chargers are down and the game is on the line, they have Austin Eckler in pretty much the entire time. And so you've got people like Greg Rosenthal of CBS Sports, I believe, you know, tweeting out that if you're going to have Austin Eckler in the game all the time when it's on the line, then why don't you have Austin Eckler in the game like most of the time throughout when the game isn't even on the line and maybe you won't have the game quote unquote on the line anymore. 
It's just incredibly frustrating. Uh, without Travis Benjamin, um, they kind of shoved Eckler in at a wide receiver position, and he caught an awesome streak route up the right sideline that helped to bring the game much closer for the Chargers, and obviously almost won the game on that angle route uh, that was called back. So Austin Eckler backed kind of doing what he was doing. He leads the team in uh, catches and receiving touchdowns with four. He's second on the team in yards behind, uh, excuse me, second in yards, yes, behind Keenan Allen. Uh, apologize. And uh, his counterpart, Melvin Gordon, continues to be just as irrelevant as ever in this offense. So he finished with 16 carries, 16 carries for 32 yards, exactly averaging 2.0 yards per carry. Um, That's about as bad as it gets. I think even the couple games beforehand, he was, uh, he averaged at least more than two, but, you know, still between two and three, Um, but two yards. On 16 carries. The longest run he had on the day was only six yards. Uh, he also took a pair of catches for negative three yards. Somehow still managed that touchdown, though, uh, which was designed beautifully to pretty much get him wide open. It was probably the easiest touchdown him or anyone has ever scored. Um, but again, he had the two fumbles and lost the most crucial fumble of them all at the end of the game to seal the Chargers' fate. Um, the touchdown was really nifty. If you guys didn't see it, though, um, they lined up super heavy, had two extra offensive linemen deemed eligible, had the fullback in there. And uh, essentially what they did is they did a fullback dive, faked it to Derek Watt. And Gordon honestly just ran a, a flare route, a flat route uh, looping up around the left side. And literally zero Titans uh, paid attention and went to defend him. So uh, he just easily caught the pass and scored uh, the Chargers' first touchdown of the game. And, uh, you know, good to see Gordon get a touchdown, but uh, at the end of the day, it still wasn't, like, the greatest thing in the world. Still obviously didn't um, do much of anything else. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen still is kind of, I don't know. I don't think it's a Keenan Allen problem. I think it's still a game flow kind of deal. Um, you know what? I don't know. I, I still believe Keenan Allen is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and he proved that through the first couple weeks, but... I mean, he can't break, he can't get anywhere near, you know, eight, nine, 10 catches. He's not getting anywhere near 100 receiving yards, and he hasn't found the end zone. And I think for the last four games, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know who he's playing that has this incredible blanket coverage on him. I don't know if it's Phillip Rivers just not finding him as much as usual and feeling like, you know, he needs to spread it around or he has the ability to spread it around because obviously those stats of Allen were inflated when they were trying to throw their way out of these games and they were missing, obviously, Hunter Henry and some other people. Uh, I don't know. It's just tough to see. You know, he was on such a streak, and I was like, man, he's finally going to do it. He's going to have a career season. Uh, he's going to score more than six touchdowns because that he just seemed to not be able to get past that plateau. I don't know, but he's really crashing hard on that pace of uh, having that career year. Mike Williams as well. Uh, still continues to kind of just do enough to be relevant in the offense, but has yet to find the end zone. It's been seven weeks, and Mike Williams is scoreless, and that must be incredibly frustrating for him just because of scoring. You know, he had 11 total touchdowns last year. He was the first receiver since 1994 uh, for the Chargers to have 10-plus receiving touchdowns. He also had the long end-around rushing touchdown against the Chiefs towards the end of last year, but zero touchdowns. He ended this game with four catches for 47 yards, and, you know, did his job, helped move the chains, made some good catches. But outside of that, again, there wasn't much um, to be said about Williams. And again, uh, Hunter Henry, guys, two games in a row, 
um, was phenomenal. This game, he didn't score, but he still had six catches for 97 yards, second on the team in catches and yards, and really helped this team move the chains. And on the crucial drives of of getting down the field and, and getting the Chargers in position to really tie in or win this game, Hunter Henry was a big part of that. I mean, he's getting open against good defenders. He is finding holes in zones. He's running crisp routes and he's running away from defenders. And it's absolutely awesome. And I think that's a big reason why Philip Rivers has kind of played a little bit more clean the last two games. And uh, that's still just really good to see. It's tough seeing other stars on this offense not produce as well, but Hunter Henry is making up for it. And uh, as a former tight end and just a big Hunter Henry fan, it's really awesome to see. Defensively for the Chargers, obviously we can't talk about the defense without talking about Joey Bosa. And man, uh, I can't gush more about this guy. He's coming every single week and playing his heart out. And it's visibly, not just on paper, but while watching the game, you can tell Joey Bosa is absolutely giving 110% every time he is out there. He has taken his game to a new level, and it's fantastic to see. He's playing the run just as well as he is rushing the passer. Currently leads the team with five sacks and uh, actually is second on the team with tackles, believe it or not. On Sunday, he finished with six total stops, had two tackles for loss, two sacks on Ryan Tannehill, the only two sacks of the Chargers for the day, and three quarterback hits. Chinna Nwosu played really well again for Melvin Ingram filling in the Leo spot. Six total tackles, one tackle for loss, one pass defensed. Um, He's looking good, guys. He's consistently getting after the quarterback, creating pressure. He may not be, uh, you know, getting and collecting those sacks, but he's been good. He's been really good, and hopefully when Melvin Ingram comes back, Gus Bradley can still figure out how to get Bosa, Ingram, and Nwosu on the field at the same time getting after the quarterback. Denzel Perryman led the team in tackles with eight, just had one tackle for loss, Um, almost had a really bad penalty, uh, kind of hit Tannehill when he slid after scrambling. It was kind of a bang-bang play. I don't think they called a penalty on it, um, but that was super frustrating because obviously we can't have, you know, our best defenders getting targeted and uh, are, are doing the targeting and essentially risking getting ejected in these games, but thankfully um, that did not happen, and, uh, you know, again, Perryman played a pretty safe game. He made the tackles he needed to, and uh, he did a fine job like he normally does. Thomas Davis uh, still leads the team in tackles by like, I think, 20-something total stops. Uh, He had seven today, second on the team, excuse me, seven on Sunday, uh, one pass defense. Um, Did a fairly good job, snuffed out some plays. Um, He's a solid, I don't think he missed any egregious tackles um, like we've come to get used to over the last couple weeks. But again, Thomas Davis, he did a fine job. Um, still don't prefer him on the field, but uh, he's kind of, you know, he's solid. He's solid. That's the best way I can describe Davis at the moment. Um, Roger Teamer, this guy, the undrafted free agent from Tulane, collected his first interception of his young career, had six total tackles, the pick, and a pass defense. Now, his interception was a picked pass, and he kind of scooted in front of Casey Hayward for this interception. Uh, it wasn't, you know, the hardest thing to do in the world, but good to see Teamer get an interception. Hopefully, that does wonders for his, uh, his just his confidence. Again, he's a young safety, kind of been thrusted in, shouldn't even be playing in the first place, but, uh, you know, he's done okay. He's done okay. He's racking up tackles. He's doing his job and uh, hasn't blown at least any coverages recently and uh, allowing touchdowns when he shouldn't. And um, Mike Davis, Mike Davis, excuse me, I think I actually read Thomas Davis' stats instead of Mike Davis, didn't realize that they 
have the same last name. So it was Mike Davis with the pass defense and the seven total tackles, while Thomas Davis had six total tackles and one tackle for loss. That tackle for loss was on a, a sort of trick play that Titans were trying to run, and Davis was kind of able to run it down, wasn't fooled by anything. So again, solid, solid day by Thomas Davis. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is also impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email box. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA to the NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up and it's free. Sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up now at sports.axios.com. Again, try it for free with promo code FREE99 at sports.axios.com. Indochina was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe because, and let's be frank, not many of us have a fortune lying around. But let's also think about this. How good do you feel when you're in a suit that fits? And I mean really fits, not just fits you, but kind of feels like it's giving you a warm hug. It's pretty amazing. So that's why Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. And the best part is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. And the process is simple. Choose your fabric pick your customizations and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, the shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. When looking at the Titans on paper, uh, it honestly looks the way I expected, and that's they did exactly what they needed to do to beat the Chargers. And if you guys haven't noticed over the last couple of games where the Chargers played, you know, less than good quarterbacks, uh, you've noticed that they've done just enough to beat the Chargers. And that's kind of what they do. This Chargers defense is fairly friendly for opposing quarterbacks, especially when they're not like elite quarterbacks. You know, the the lesser than good quarterbacks can throw on this defense. It's a cover three, cover one scheme that's super bend, but don't break. And what that means is that they aren't, you know, they're not on top of every single play to allow, you know, zero yards. What they do is they keep everything in front of them. They kind of sit back. There's not a lot of man. There's not a lot of pressing at the line of scrimmage. 
they allow these short gains and hopefully, you know, keep them from getting a first down and keep them from the big play. And overall, they just hope over the course of the game that keeps them again in the game and in a position to win. But teams can take advantage of this team can take advantage of the uh, cushion they give to their wide receivers, the, the empty zones that they're allowing, like this defense is good. If you have a lot of top flight, you know, not just players, but uh, athletes as well, that when something in front of them happens, they can quickly, um, you know, click and close and get on top of it and, you know, limit the amount of yards, limit the bleeding. But that's not what this defense has right now. They don't have those types of players. And it, it just kind of makes you think that what can Gus Bradley do to change? Um, because obviously things aren't going that well. But um, let's look at let's just look at some of the numbers. All right, so Tannehill was a super efficient 23 of 29 for 312 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. That pick was obviously Roderick Teamer, and it was a ball batted up in the air, so I doubt he would have even thrown an interception had that not happened. Derrick Henry, and that's kind of what we all expected, is for them to ride Derrick Henry in this game, and especially with the Chargers missing two of their first, or excuse me, two, their two starting defensive tackles, pardon me, um, in Brandon Meebane and Justin Jones, they rode him. 22 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown on a toss play to the left that I couldn't believe even scored. It was just, it was just something else. I, I, God, it was so frustrating. You knew it was coming the entire time. They ran him inside, 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 and they knew when they got down to the goal line, they'd have to mix it up. Very frustrating, especially when you do see it coming. Wide receivers, nobody absolutely blew it out of the water. Their leading receiver was Corey Davis, six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. And this was a, a touchdown where Tannehill had to just fire a fastball in between Denzel Perryman and Drew Tranquil in, again, uh, the zone that they are allowing uh, between themselves. It was just, I mean, it was a perfect ball. Unfortunately, neither could get to it. Uh, prior to Davis catching him. A.J. Brown, man, uh, is a rookie out of Ole Miss. Six catches for 64 yards. Didn't score in this one, but made some big-time catches uh, and yards after the catch. It was, you know, as a fan of A.J. Brown in the draft process, it was good to see, but um, he did what he needed to do. And um, again, that's the theme here. Johnny Smith, their tight end. Delaney Walker is dealing with some injuries. He had three catches for 64 yards, and the biggest blunder was a third and 14 where Johnny Smith caught a two-yard two yards down the field, uh, shallow crossing route, and took it for 35 yards. Made Drew Tranquil miss on the tackle, missed uh, Rayshon Jenkins, came in at a bad angle. Uh, Desmond King was jogging. i talk about that later in Surge Static. Um, but I couldn't believe it. On a third and 14, they ended up punting back to the Chargers, but this was deep into Tennessee territory, and instead it flipped the field, and when the Titans punted, they got the Chargers down all the way at their nine-yard line. Very, very frustrating. The other tight or touchdown caught uh, from Tannehill was Tajay Sharp, uh, former, I think it was a fourth-round pick, um, pardon me, out of uh, University of Massachusetts. He only had two catches, 19, and the touchdown. This one was super excruciating, man. They dropped nine people. Nine people dropped. Only two rushed the passer on this play. And somehow, Tajay Sharp, literally starting from the outside most wide receiver, just ran this little deep crosser around the back of the end zone. Five people were around two wide receivers that were near the goal line, and Tajay Sharp literally just snuck past them. Caught the ball, no one around him in the back of the end zone. Defensively, defensively, Rashawn Evans, second-year linebacker out of Alabama, good, good player. Chargers, I think, almost tried to grab him uh, instead of Derwin James last year, but uh, thank God they didn't. uh, Still a good player, though. Led the team, game-high 10 tackles, one tackle for loss. 
Logan Ryan, good defensive back, eight tackles, half tackle for loss, three passes defense, including um, I think he had a big play where he kept a touchdown away from Mike Williams. Kevin Bayard, league-leading uh, richest safety in the NFL, six total tackles, one pass defense, almost had an interception, uh, bad ball thrown by Phillip Rivers, unfortunately was dropped. Justin Simmons, their first-round pick from this past year, tore his ACL during the draft process earlier this year, right? was activated. This was his first game back eight months later after tearing his ACL. Really cool to see. Had a good game. Four total tackles, one sack. First sack of his career, the only sack for the Titans in this game. Great to see. Two tackles for loss, one QB hit. And then Harold Landry, a second-year pass rusher from Boston College. Super lengthy, bendy guy. Um, created a ton of pressure, didn't get to Rivers, but had two QB hits, three total tackles, and a half tackle for loss. Obviously, we need to talk about the injury news and... This is definitely one of the more tougher injuries that the Chargers have sustained. And honestly, I think it's more tough for the, the Charger fans than it's been for uh, the Chargers team in general. Um, Forrest Lamp, guys, is currently done for the year. He At first, it said he broke his ankle. Then other things are coming out saying he broke his leg, has a broken fibula. Uh, regardless, he is done. He has put been put on IR. He will not return. The year is done for Forrest Lamp, obviously they're already missing Mike Pouncey, and uh, going forward, Dan Feeney is likely to go back to left guard, um, Ryan Groy may get some run at center, if not for Scott Questenberry, um, in his post, excuse me, in his pre-practice presser, or just his presser today, uh, again, this being Monday when I'm recording, Anthony Lynn said they're going to, you know, run all three of those guys kind of around those two positions, just see what works best. Groy played for Lynn in Buffalo, did a good job there. So maybe there's some uh, synergy that he can unlock with Groy, but that's a bummer, guys. That's an absolute bummer. This is finally, you know, his year to play an extended amount of time, and he lasted um, one and a half games. So that's just a huge bummer, but chalk it up to it's just a wash of a year. Uh, this team is absolutely ravaged by injuries, and unfortunately, Forrest Lamb could not outrun the injury bug this year. Um, other news before we get back to Serge Static, uh, obviously got to you know give a quick shout out to Philip Rivers. He passed his two oh four draft mates, Eli uh, Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, passed them both to now be at sixth all time on the passing list. Uh, congratulations to Philip Rivers. You know, been doing it for a long time. And um, hopefully he can continue playing cleanly because this cannot be a Peyton Manning-esque downfall where obviously his arm doesn't have the strength and uh, he's becoming more of a harmful presence than he is really leading this team to victory. So, uh, you know, besides that, congrats to Phillip Rivers, sixth all-time on the passing list. You know, always a good thing to, to have a Charger be celebrated, especially in a uh, such a huge milestone as this, you know, up there with guys like Favre, Peyton Manning, uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, all those guys. It's huge, Dan Marino. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. So once again, uh, congrats number 17 for the Rivers on being sixth all-time on the NFL's passing list. All right, guys, so we're going to wrap this up with this week's uh, edition of Surge or Static. And first and foremost on our Surge section, we have Joey Bosa. Now, honestly, like I want to give Bosa the biggest bear hug no pun intended and just essentially thank him for laying it out all on the field each and every game if there's one player that visibly exudes effort on every Sunday it is Joey Bosa now he's currently second on the team with total tackles with 35 behind Thomas Davis who sits at 54 
Bosa is on pace for 80 tackles, which is quite frankly a little eye-popping for a defensive end. They usually don't get anywhere near 100, but if he keeps this up, you know, who knows? Crazier things have happened. And uh, I mentioned it before, but the thing with Bosa is that he's he's taken his like run-stopping ability to, to new heights this season. He's playing the rush just as well as he's playing the pass and getting after the passer. So it's no wonder he's been, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he's been the highest-rated defender on the Chargers defense four of the last seven seasons. And uh, his 91.7 elite grade from Week 7 against the Titans is the number one for edge defenders in the entire NFL. So congrats to Bosa. He did finish with, like I said, six tackles, two tackles for loss, a pair of sacks, and three quarterback hits. Uh, he's currently on pace for somewhere between 11 and 12 sacks. I'd like to see that get a little bit higher. I think his career high is 12. Um, so it'd be really cool to see him reach career high in sacks. Secondly, running back Austin Eckler. Now, at this rate, how many more times can a guy prove that he is a top three offensive weapon, maybe the top offensive weapon on this team and still only get utilized when the team is trying to throw themselves out of a self-inflicted hole. As a backup, quote-unquote, running back, you know, he currently leads the team in catches and receiving touchdowns while also being second on the team in receiving yards. And what makes Gordon look so great, or what made him look so great, excuse me, last year, is that even when Gordon wasn't churning out yards on the ground, he was being utilized as a receiver, and he was still getting around 100-plus yards uh, a game from scrimmage, uh, it just If they were taking one thing away from him, he found a way to exploit the other. Uh, and that's kind of what Eckler is doing this year, especially you know being used as a wide receiver essentially for the second half of Sunday's game. So the former undrafted free agent finished with team highs and catches and receiving yards, taking seven of them for 118 yards and a touchdown. He actually could have had a pair of scores, uh, but again, the replay officials slightly being more blind than usual, didn't wind up reversing the touchdown on the field to get him down just before the goal line. Uh, his strike to, excuse me, from Phillip Rivers up the right sideline was super beautiful, and it wasn't even the first time that he caught a touchdown like that, man. I mean, putting Eckler out there on a quarterback and possibly getting a tight end, or excuse me, not a tight end, but a, a linebacker guarding him is just taking candy from a baby, and hopefully they are able to see that more and hopefully exploit that um, going forward. Thirdly, uh, Uchenna Nwosu. I mean, guy's done a heck of a job filling in for Melvin Ingram at the Leo position. Uh, he finished the game six tackles, tackle for loss, pass defense, and a QB hit. He's been getting after the quarterback, and that's essentially what his job needs to be. He's been playing the run just as well. He is best suited for Leo duties and staying around the line of scrimmage. So uh, going forward, even with Melvin Ingram back, I hope they don't play Chen and Nwosu off the ball any more than he needs to be. He needs to be around the line of scrimmage, causing havoc, getting after quarterbacks. So static. And uh, you guys, you know, probably aren't going to be surprised by a lot of these things. But number one, it's going to be Melvin Gordon. I don't know what I have to say about him that hasn't been said about pretty much everybody in the football community on Twitter, social media, or everything. You know, whether it's subjectively or objectively, the Chargers offense, and it just seems like the team as a whole, has been kind of bad and worse since he returned. I mean, they're 0-3. So, like, what else can you point at? So here's some context. This is from Evan Silva. He's one of the co-founders uh, of uh, EstablishTheRun.com. Does a lot of uh, analytical stuff over there, um, some fantasy stuff as well. So he stated yesterday, excuse me, it was this morning, Monday morning, since Melvin Gordon returned from uh, his holdout, 27 of his 36 total carries have gained three or fewer yards. That's 75% with two fumbles. 11 of his 14 targets have gained three yards or fewer. That's 79%. All told, 
plays intended for Gordon are averaging just 2.3 yards per play. Four of his total touches have gained first downs. That is just 8%, and he is 0-3 since he's returned. That is, like, less than inefficient. That's not even a blip on the radar for efficiency's sake. I just don't see how this team can attempt to rally from a 2-5 and five hole unless they make a dedicated decision to change their usage of Melvin Gordon. And just one thing I noticed uh, is that Derek Watt hasn't played a ton of snaps the last couple weeks. And if you guys remember at all, uh, last year, a lot of Melvin Gordon's biggest runs were out of the eye, strong eye, weak eye, with Derek Watt basically leading the way. Um, he only played eight snaps against the Titans. And, you know, I don't think Watt should be on the field more than he needs to be, but um, it just looks like, you know, they're trying something different and it's really not working compared to last year. So, I, I you know, it's not an excuse for Gordon. I just think it's a weird correlation to kind of notice. And, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows going forward? Uh, linebacker Drew Tranquil unfortunately makes this week's static list. Uh, it's a bummer. It's a bummer to include him on this section. Uh, but he did blow a huge, huge play. Unfortunately, didn't come back to really bite the Chargers. But, uh, man, he he screwed up. Uh, it was 3rd and 14, I mentioned this, this little crosser route. Uh, you know, Titans were deep into their own territory. And Johnny Smith ran a crosser route two yards from the line of scrimmage. It was a 3rd and 14 play. Two yards shallow crosser route. And Drew Tranquil had an absolute beat on him wrapped him up with both arms and somehow just slid right off, swung right off the guy. And then Johnny Smith essentially uh, took advantage of a bad angle from Rayshon Jenkins and passed a couple guys and then carried some more chargers on the tackle attempts later on and somehow took this ball from two yards from the line of scrimmage for 35 yards. Absolutely. It was actually the only, the one play from Sunday night that I like got up and just started yelling at the TV. Like, I could not believe what just happened. Couldn't. And there's a lot of moments like that in Chargers games, but this kind of took the cake. Um, terrible pursuit by the defense, uh, but it all started with Drew Tranquil's missed tackle, which you just don't see a lot from the rookie. And, uh, you know, not saying that he's a bust or anything, obviously. He's a, still a good young player, but he's going to have to take that one hard and work that much harder to never let that happen again. Thirdly, finish this thing off. I just have the offensive line. And and this sounds like a broken record, uh, but they've been bad. They've been so bad. And although Rivers was sacked just once last night, um, their inclusion here on the static list is essentially more towards the run game and their lack of being able to just move defenders out of the way, create holes for their running back. It's weird because you look at the numbers and you've got Eckler averaging just 3.6 yards per carry. Gordon is averaging just over two yards per carry. But Justin Jackson, and he hasn't played, he's, he's had a calf ankle injury or something that's kept him off uh, the field out of these games. Um, but he currently sits at, with 18 carries on the season, 7.9 yards per carry behind this offensive line. And the only difference is, yes, you know, Mike Pouncey's in there, but it's not like Mike Pouncey's a been uh you know a world breaker for this offensive line you know he hasn't been that great um either way eight yards per carry essentially with the same unit for the most part crazy and it's it's i've never seen anything like it you look at the Bengals' offensive line they're just as bad if not worse i feel so bad for joe mixon because i'm watching the jaguars cincinnati game on sunday 
And at one point, Joe Mixon had nine carries for seven yards. And you know, you never want your yardage to be less than your carries. It's just incredible. Um, wow. Hate to see it. Uh, it just astounds me how a group of grown men are unable to find it within themselves to execute just one run. It's, to me, you know, correctly. 16 carries, again, Gordon had. Longest went for six. Not one of those runs could have broke for more than six yards. 16 tries and 21 in total if you count the five carries that Austin Eckler had. Golly, man, I don't know what Russell Kung is going to do to really help this team. I mean, he might help pass protection a little bit. I don't know what he's going to do in the run game. I don't think Russell Kung's that adept at being a mauler on the ground. But the team will find something, and uh, it should be better with Russell Kung. But again, it is what it is. That was surge or static for week seven. And that also wraps up the show for today, guys. Appreciate you stopping in. This was episode 28 of the Powder Blue Review. Uh, can't appreciate the love enough. This was tough. And, you know, it, we're not done with the tough. We're not done um, being beat down and frustrated and wanting to run our head through a wall. More of this is going to happen. And, and the sooner we can kind of accept or prepare for it, the better off we'll be in the long run. But I will be here twice a week through the rest of the season, however long this team is able to stay on the field and play into 2020, which is crazy to, to, to actually be able to say that year as a real thing, guys. Um, but again, this has been Michael Peterson from the Powder Blue Review. Uh, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks PB Review Podcast. That's the podcast handle. Uh, Bolts in the Blue guys, show it some love. I greatly appreciate it. But wherever you guys are listening to this podcast, subscribe, five star review. I know Apple Podcasts is, is kind of the main place for that stuff. But uh, just anything you can do to support, tell a friend about it. Um, obviously, greatly appreciate it. But Once again, this has been Michael Peterson with the Powder Blue Review. Appreciate all the love, guys. I will see you later this week.